A group of intergalactic criminals are forced to work together to stop a fanatical warrior from taking control of the universe. Welcome to the Walt Vault with Michelle, Andre, Louise, and me, Emily. We're a family-friendly podcast where we pick a new Disney movie each week. We watch it, share our thoughts, and then relate it to pop culture, fandoms, and anything else that pops into our heads. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to The Walt Vault, episode 39. Oh my god, we're almost 40. Yeah, dude, we're, we're, we've done a lot of these. <laughs> it, feels, wow. it feels like a lot. Wow. Wow. This week, we are talking about 2014's Marvel film, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooga, 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 chaka. That's, that song. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> that movie with that song. Uh, oh, it's so good. Directed by James Gunn. Starring uh, Chris Pratt and... Um, Who's not fat. Not fat Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's not. He looks so good in this movie. And Vin Diesel. He didn't eat that extra sandwich yet. <laughs> Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, and Bradley Cooper. As the raccoon. As a raccoon. And I am Groot. Yeah, Vin Diesel. Oh. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, first impression... This movie blew me out of the water because the Guardians of the Galaxy as a comics franchise is one that I was A, not very familiar with, and B, not confident in <laughs> as, <laughs> as a film. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I thought, I thought that this was going to be a loser for, for Marvel. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really did. And it was so entertaining the entire time. And I was amazed by it. Yep. I did not watch this movie in theaters. Um, because quite frankly, I saw a commercial with a raccoon and said, no, <laughs> um, I will not be watching this. And I didn't watch it. How dare they have a raccoon on the team? And, uh, and I refuse. <laughs> She's raccoonist. No, that's literally what happened. I saw a raccoon and was like, I will not be watching this. And so I didn't watch it in the theaters until Emily and Luis made me watch it at their house because they were going through a guardian's phase and they were like, Michelle, just watch it. And I was like, no. But then they made me, and then I loved it. And so. then we subsequently watched it six more times. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like there was a, a time there where every time I came to your house, you guys were watching Guardians of the Galaxy. And nobody was mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we weren't mad about it. Had a lot of good music. So Yeah, it does. Emily, first impression. Um, my first impression of the movie before I watched it was exactly like Michelle's, and that's why I'm laughing, and Luis just pointed at me super violently like, that was you! <laughs> I literally said, there's a raccoon. I'm not watching <laughs> And this is when Luis and I first had started dating. Uh, excuse me. I lied to you. We were married. <laughs> Whatever. But it was our first Marvel movie in theaters together. So he was like so pumped. He wanted to see this movie so bad. And so I was like, okay, we'll go together. And I will tell you right now, we were the loudest people in the theater. Mm. We laughed the entire time from like m- minute five or six. Yeah. Until the very end, and we looked at each other when it was over and was like, there's going to be a second one! <laughs> oh, my God! Yeah. Let me be the first to point out, it was not as a smooth and easy transition getting you from hell no to let's watch it, okay? Because <laughs> I literally had to beg her for like four weeks. Wow. He did. He She's begged like, no, and pleaded. I'm going to watch it. No, so I'm like, let's go. Let's go. It's awesome. I'm like, no, no. And then she finally went, and sure enough. Yeah. The rest was history. Just like falling sure in enough. love. Just, Just like, like falling, falling in, in love. love. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. 
he begged and pleaded, and yeah. then I finally said, okay, let's get married. Right. Well, I mean, that's not exactly our love story. But I mean, <laughs> oh, it's just love in general. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, never mind. <laughs> great movie. Moving on. It is great. This is the first <laughs> anything that I have seen Chris Pratt in. I didn't see him in Parks and Rec. I, I watched Parks and Rec actually last year for the first time, or yes. even this year, maybe mm-hmm. earlier this year. Um, so this was my first inkling of Chris Pratt, but I'm pretty sure from the moment he started dancing and picking up those little crawly lizard things, <laughs> I was sold on this movie. I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. That was this part is of gonna my, be fun. That was part of my trepidation about this movie because I had watched Parks and Rec, and I thought Chris Pratt was hilarious on that show. He but he's is. but he's. He's, he's hilarious on the show because he's a big oaf. He's a huge idiot. Yes. <laughs> and he's and just he's dumb all the time. Real. He was chunky monkey in he that was show. a big boy. And now he's a sexy Disney dad. And then he got slimmed down to being a, a big That's what happens. Boy. If your name is Chris, um, you're going to look hot eventually. This is what it is. <laughs> you're going to look hot eventually. Chris Evans, Chris Pratt. Chris I have Hensworth. one friend who's Chris. And he's, I guess he would be considered hot. So, oh, yeah, that, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a pretty that's good. A uh, there you go. That, that Chris theory Hemsworth. done. <laughs> theory done. Yeah. Do you agree, Lou? Hot Chris's? No. Oh. Oh. Whatever. Hard no on Chris's. I'm just gonna say that Luis calls our friend Chris. Luis calls our friend Chris. What Pokemon is it? Uh, Hitmon Lee. Hitmon Chan. No, you're tripping. We're talking about uh, um, Machamp. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. Remember? Okay, well, if you're gonna call someone Machamp, I feel like you're you're it's good looking. Not him. No, the first evolution, Machamp. Oh, the second one. You're right. I do call him that. I told you, Macho. Even worse, Macho. You're calling someone that, then you might as well, you know. No, nah, because he's buff like Chris. Like, right? No. Yeah, looks just like Chris. Yeah. I'm looking at the picture. Right I mean, the, only, <laughs> the only reason I can't say it's Chris is because Chris doesn't have four arms. So, so his final evolution cannot be Machamp. <laughs> definitely Macho. Macho. You know, yeah, he's choked. Like he's yoked him. up. About to <laughs> hold like those people. Anyway, <laughs> sexy with muscles. Boom. So yeah, um, there's a lot of muscles in this movie. Star Never Lord. said sexy. <laughs> Not one time. Peter muscles, Quill. Yes. Peter Quill, aka Star Lord. Are we calling him a superhero? What are we calling him? I, I'm calling him a dude. He's, he's a, a dude. He's a dude. He's a space dude. He's a space dude. These are all space dudes. He's an and, outlaw. And a, and a couple space dudettes. He's a vigilante. No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Pretty much. He's funny. So, so let's let's move it back to the beginning of this movie. The movie opens, literally, this is my notes, 1988. Peter Quill is eight-ish. Yeah. Mom dies. We all cry. It's like a, it's a very sad opening. It's the scene. worst opening. It was like Carl and Ellie in Up. Yeah, like where mom is dying literally of cancer as we speak. She tries to give him like a final gift, and she's like, "Take my hand, Peter." And you can tell like it's a kid's internal struggle, right? And she literally dies with her hand outstretched because he's like, "If I touch her, then she'll die." Yeah, and then she did, die. and then she died. <laughs> After he did not touch her. So then he pretty much runs out of the hospital because he's crying and upset and he gets beamed up into freaking space. space, Beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) Literally gets beamed up. And then literally all it shows is the screen goes 26 years later in space. And he's dancing, uh, getting it on an abandoned planet. And then the space rock begins. Trying to get the power stone. It's amazing that that they start off with that very sad and quiet scene and then blast off into the rest of the movie which is a laugh riot it's nice though because it's the only real serious 
um, one of the only really serious moments in the film. Yeah. And then when they come back to it, you're like, oh, yeah, right. that was a sober moment in the, in the movie. So yes. at least it like is a good um, it has a good um, range of emotion. Yeah. But it's a good arc. It goes literally from the saddest moment of the film to one of my favorites when Michelle's really it's the best. He, he shows up on an abandoned planet he's dancing. He and he literally starts little, dancing. He puts on his little mixtape, which he his Walkman from his the Walkman, 80s, which he says is his mom used to show him all the cool 80s pop songs on, you know, yeah. so he has his mixtape volume one. Um, he 70s puts it and on 80s. And, uh, and isn't it? I, is it? I can't stop this. What, what's the song? Ding, 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 ding. What song is he dancing to there? No, you're singing a completely. You're singing Sugar Pie Honey Bones. Yeah, what, what is he dancing to there? I forget. Um, Hooked on a feeling. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yes. Anyways, he's getting it. He's straight dancing. He's picking up these little lizard thingies. He's kicking them around. Singing into their faces. Oh, that. He does the little. He does this. Yes. So we're five minutes into the film, and I literally, I'll take the mic away from my face because I don't want you to die. I went, ha! <laughs> in the movie theater Luis and I are dying and everyone around us is not laughing like we are and right. I and I, at that mo- moment in the movie I knew that we were going to be those people that everyone hated and I gave zero cares because <laughs> it's a great movie it starts out at such a high but it keeps the high yes so it was uh, come and get your love that was the come and get your love oh you're right anywho so good Anyways, he, Mr. Star-Lord, a.k.a. Peter Quill, is on a mission um, for his, I guess, adopted father. I don't know what you want to call him. His employer, a.k.a. the person who abducted him, um, Mr. Blue Man. Yondu. 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 He's a Kree. Um, uh, (laughs) Wait, no, I don't think he is a Kree. He is Kree. He is Kree. Is he Kree? Yeah. He's definitely a Kree. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's most definitely Kree. Because he's blue. Anyways. Because <laughs> the only blue. important Therefore, thing about Kree is that they're blue. They're blue. Um, so. Are you judging him by the color of his I'm skin? I'm blue. That song was sung by a Kree. So. So pretty much everyone. Let's get back. <laughs> he has to retrieve an orb. From the abandoned planet. And when he gets there, he is all. He's. Um. Tailgated, confronted by one of the bad guys in the film, Ronit's compatriots, and who's also trying to get the orb. And they do a duel and leave the planet. (laughs) (laughs) It's very cool. And you're like, what just happened? I think I did a what just happened? Because I was confused about who who he was fighting. But, um, Andre, will you explain who Mr. Uh, Ronan the Accuser is, not the accused? (laughs) Ronan the Accuser is a... Cree um, fanatic fanatic he's he's a radical he he wants to go back to a time where they were at war with um, Zandarians with the Zandarians yeah so you kind of have to know that the Cree and the Zandarians have been fighting a long war for many 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 years yeah for like and centuries. a peace treaty was signed but Ronan was like, like I'm not having nah. any of that I'm going to kill so. you guys. I'm going back there and I'm destroying all the Zandarians. So he's become a lackey of Thanos. Right. And it was interesting Thanos. because as of this viewing, I and because we just watched the Avengers, I looked at Louie and was like, um, Ronan here is literally the, um, the, the equal to the Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has a power stone or he's trying to get a stone and yes. when he gets that stone Thanos is going to help him take over a planet or in our case he wants to kill the planet right um, he's like okay but, you'll do some of my dirty work for me right so yeah. Thanos at this point in time is you know Loki did it he failed so now Ronan we're moving on to Ronan the accuser 
um, to do all his dirty work for him. And it literally might be at almost the exact similar same time. time. Yeah, like it could have been like. And one let's be right real, the Ronan other. the Accuser is pretty dang strong. So Andre and I were talking about how maybe he draws his powers. Like, how is he so strong? Because when we first see him, he's pretty strong, but he doesn't have the orb then, a.k.a., Mm-mm. which is housing the Power Stone. What we see, and this is my theory, is I know there's some person there that he had locked up, and he has this giant, is it a hammer staff it's thingy? It's like a mallet. Yeah. 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 Mallet. Like a mallet, and he smashes this guy's head in. And you see, like, the a blood bit. dripping down into this um, pit. Yeah, like a pit, and we see him. A ceremonial pit. In the beginning of the movie, they're draining whatever that pit is, and he comes out of it. So I don't know if he draws strength from other people, like the people he kills, if he draws power like from their blood or something like that. I don't know, but he's pretty strong. Well, and I don't know if I'm incorrect in saying this, but I feel like I heard somewhere that the Kree are a warring race, yes. and that they're just extremely... They're crazy fit. Yeah, they're just like bred for war. Yeah. Yeah. So in that way, he's never not he's never known anything but war. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe he does have some extra power from that because the beginning ceremony is very um, you can tell it's very thought out and very um, crazy. They're throwing stuff on him. They're glitterizing him with the dust and black dust. I think I think it might also be his outfit that he wears his his armor. Um, I'm reading the Wikipedia page for, for Ronan the Accuser right now. And in the comics, his exoskeleton body armor, um, it it enhances his strength and his speed as, and his endurance. As, in addition to his already pretty peaked out um, physique. Physique, yes. So I think, I think maybe he's not drawing the power directly into his body when he's like sacrificing these people. But it might be going into his, 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 suit. his armor. Well, let's talk about who plays... Ronan. Oh, yes. The um, accuser. The accuser. Who plays him? Lee Pace. Lee Pace. My BFF. Okay. The, I don't think there's the ever moose, been. The moose riding dude from, <laughs> from The Hobbit. Oh. <laughs> the elk riding oh, excuse elf. Me. Is he an elk? Wait, he, that's him? Yes. Oh, I didn't know this. The most beautiful elf man on the planet. <laughs> yes. Well, he yeah. ain't beautiful in this He's movie. He's got a lot of black eyeliner on in this movie. Oh. He, he's just a very good, creepy, stoic actor. Yeah. And I really enjoy his evil roles. Because even though he's evil, he still has a hint of, like, allure for some reason. Drama. Yeah. Oh, he's super dramatic. It's those eyebrows. I like him. <laughs> the black eyeliner. <laughs> nah, Lee Pace is definitely the biz. <laughs> like, you would him. think automatically, oh, man, this guy's a great actor. He has to be British. <laughs> and let him be known. He is not He's Oklahoma boy. He's 100% uh, American. Uh, well, I'm from Oklahoma. I mean, my ancestors are, so I'm about it. <laughs> so you're a good actor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so funny. Did you know his <laughs> middle name is Grinner? That is Lee awesome. Lee Grinner Pace. That is an oaky name if I ever heard one. He yeah, Grinner. Kind of sounds like it. Lee Grinner Pace. Remind me to tell you a story about a person nicknamed Grinner later. Okay. <laughs> All I can think about is Pace Salsa. Mm, yummy. Pache, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so that's on. that's villain villain number one in this movie. Villain, 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 the villain. Villain number one in this movie. Let's talk about villain number two. Actually, Thanos. Well, yeah, we can go with Thanos. So Thanos has two daughters, Gamora and Nebula, who I guess he kind of rents out to to, <laughs> the, to, <laughs> to Ronan, Ronan the Accuser. He's like, here's some of my daughters. I'll rent them out to you to help 
do my dirty work. I don't Which know. I was a little confused about originally when we watched this movie. But if you've seen Infinity War now, and this isn't really a spoiler, he just he Thanos. You know, as he gains power throughout the universe, he brings in the best warriors from each planet that he conquers and calls them his children. They're the children of Thanos. Mm -hmm. So that's why he calls them his daughters. Even they're not like they're not not his his blood blood daughters, but they're his daughters. Right. So he raised them from he takes children from a young age and raises them as warriors, which makes a lot more sense when you go throughout the movie, because at first I was like, what? Yeah, I I, I thought they were literally why we all different colors. (laughs) Yeah, he got a blue daughter. He has a green daughter and he's purple so and I y'all ugly so <laughs> put them together they're barney the dinosaur i don't know um so yes we got they're chinny yeah this Crimson is our first chin. introduction to gamora and nebula um i love gamora so the first time we see her um ronan's first lackey didn't get the stone and mr star lord got away with it right. so he goes to another planet and he sends gamora he's like hey go get the stone for me yeah meanwhile gamora has been plotting her entire life to get away from Thanos and then hopefully go back to to kill him because she hates him with all of her heart and soul. Mm -hmm. Nebula. She's playing two sides. Nebula has always like seeked the approval of Thanos. And because Thanos prefers Gamora over Nebula. My favorite daughter. She hates Gamora so much. And also like uh, every time... Gamora and Nebula fight like Thanos would have them fight each other and whenever Gamora would win he would take a piece of Nebula away and make it a robot like yeah. a machine so that's pretty harsh. harsh so basically Nebula is all machine rough parenting style she is a cyborg yeah yeah she is a cyborg which is which is cool so um my favorite thing is when Chris Pratt first meets I keep calling him Chris Pratt I should call him <laughs> Peter Lord. Quill when Peter Quill first meets Gamora and he's like oh hey Hey, and then she just <laughs> snatches it out of his hand, yes. and he's like, "WTF?" Basically, like, what just happened? <laughs> oh, so great! Well, they that that whole first scene where um, Star Lord meets Gamora and Rocket and Groot. Um, oh yeah, they're there too. In this 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 adult group, this battle for the for the for the orb, the stone. Um, they all just beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, and, and it's very fun to watch. The the action in this movie is choreographed in a very fun and exciting way. Where at one yeah. point, at one point, like Gamora's on the ground, like on her back, and Star Lord he like does a swan dive on top of her, and she just kicks the crap out of him with both of her legs. And with and with that said, we also have other friends trying to get in on the fight. Yes, yes. Zandarians, watch a bunch of idiots. <laughs> oh, the Zandarians, yes. But I, I no, say, I'm saying Rocket yes, and Groot were trying to get in on the fun. This is the f- my first. So at this point, I when I first watched it, I was enjoying the movie, and I was like, uh. so this is when we see a rocket rodent, <laughs> a rocket, a, a rocket, rocket rodent. rodent. Um, and I, I was like, okay, now I'm going to be done with the movie, right? But it's actually quite funny at the beginning, and uh, his right-hand man is a tree. So I don't know how you explain uh, a rocket raccoon and a tree being together. I don't know how that came to happen, but it's a really odd combination, and I, it works. It's great. It's wooden Chewbacca. It's fantastic. <laughs> wooden I Chewbacca. love Groot and Rocket's relationship. Because I like that you said wooden Chewbacca because 100% that's exactly true. Yeah. Because yeah, like Han Solo knows what Chewbacca's saying and no one else does. Exactly. Rocket knows what Groot's saying when he says, I am Groot, but he's not really saying, I am Groot. 
even though he's not good with his vocabulistics. His vocabulistics <laughs> his is vocabulistics. restricted to three words. I and am and grouped. Exclusively in that order. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. <laughs> it's so good. And I think that you were you were talking about that, how the action scenes in this movie, they're they're not singular. And I right. love it. It's not two people fighting, making it like one little singular fight. Mm-hmm. It's always like multiple people trying to fight multiple people and them all interacting in that fight, yeah, which makes it comical mm-hmm. and really interesting to watch. Yeah, I, like I forgot how cool adult Groot was because a lot of the movies we've been watching re- recently he was a baby right. and then he was a teenage Groot. or an annoying teenager so full-grown Groot I forgot how amazing full-grown Groot is like he actually has a lot of tree powers that I <laughs> forgot about he can make his arms and legs really really long mm-hmm. and he can make them spiky and he just smashes people around with it I just I forgot how cool he was yeah he cre- he emits light yeah he can yeah. Cre- he can like just grow stuff like he grew a little flower yeah he, he grows things fireflies. very quickly as an adult tree yeah yeah. So like he's able one of my favorite things that he did and it's it's very um underplayed but later on in the movie they end up in jail because they did this whole fight scene in public. Oh god. They end up in jail and he very quickly grows out of his arm a shield of like thistle. Yeah. You know, so he's able to manipulate his wood very well to be able to defend mm-hmm. or beat the crap yes. out of rapidly shapeshift. Yes. So, very cool. Given the situation, though, because if you remember in that fight, Gamora chops both his hands up. Right. And when they're getting processed, they're barely they're growing, growing back. back. Yeah. So I naturally. Think it's more, uh, yeah, naturally. I think it's more of uh, uh, naturally he's going to grow like mm-hmm. trees will. But yeah. like w- when it, it would when they be. He's gonna use his body. Yeah, he can make like little twiggies, like (laughs) little 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 magic (laughs) extensions. So let's talk about that. Luis is saying (laughs) basically the end of that first fight. See, they all arrested. Novacor got them right, which is basically space cops. Andre has yes. explained to me that Novacor is just space cops. Well, no, they're like the Zandarian space cops. In, in the comics, the the there's a character called Nova, mm. and he's he's he becomes a part of the Avengers at one, at one point and stuff like that too. And he has he has a lot more abilities than the Novacor in this in this movie does. Like they have these helmets that they put on. It allows them to fly through space under their own power. They can like shoot energy blasts and stuff like that. And they're like Iron Man of space. They're they're like the Green Lanterns for the Marvel okay. universe, basically. They okay. they're just a slightly different power set. And then one of the best scenes happens. They're all in these little cages, and they're basically introducing all of the quote unquote guardians of the galaxy. Oh, they're <laughs> right. getting yeah. processed a couple of them into when jail. They're getting yes. processed. Oh, it's so funny. Just the way that they just. <laughs> The Luis is doing the funny part right now. <laughs> <laughs> just the way that they describe all of them. Oh, it's a genetically yeah. uh, mutated rodent. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> 0235-1's body armor yeah. calls himself Groot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the really interesting... One star lord. <laughs> AKA Daughter star of lord. Thanos. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, but that, that scene is actually really cool because if you look in on the descriptions of them, it tells you like they're different, like what some of their abilities are and mm-hmm. stuff. And one of the cool things I hadn't noticed before is when they come in on Peter Quill, it says that he has an implant, implanted neck chip that allows him to translate or understand, oh. uh, like trans, like understand and translate, translate languages. languages. That makes a lot of sense, right? Because as a eight-year-old getting beamed up into space or whatever by a, bu- a ragtag group of aliens, right? I assume that they implanted that chip. Oh, in, I'm sure they him. stuck that right on into his so neck, so that they could tell him to climb into all these small spaces and steal <laughs> stuff from them. Exactly. Probably. So I thought that was a really cool little addition into um, 
into his character. I'm going to be a little bit of a, um, you know, wrench thrower here. What? You? It says he can listen based off of, well, it doesn't say, but based off of our interpretation, he can pretty much hear anybody. But yet, why does he say, are those the only two words you can say? Oh, he doesn't understand Groot. He doesn't understand Groot. That's true. But then later on, I don't know if he was just being sarcastic. It could have been, and I missed it because I'm terrible with that. But like later on when he's in in, uh, part two, volume two, and he's hearing, uh, what's it called? Teenage Groot. So he's like, whoa, that language. That's because I think. He probably gets, he probably learns it. Exactly. I don't think that Groot is necessarily speaking a language. I I mean, he, he is, but it's not like. It's not like a, a written down alien language that's been. It's like a body language documented type before, language, yeah. But like he's speaking his own language, so I think that he had to learn it. Oh, so maybe as, that's as the only language that that chip can't pick up. Maybe right. Well, and I think that it's different he is too the because only one of his kind is he not? for right now. Group. Well, yeah. and it's interesting because he, and this is another kind of layer like to this movie. But a lot of people talked about Groot in subsequent movies being a spawn of our Groot in this movie, not being Groot himself. Yes. So because he's watching baby Groot grow up, you, you are able to communicate with like your child, even if your child can't speak. And yeah. then when your child starts to speak, you know, you're able to learn with them. So I think he like parented baby Groot yeah. now can talk now to him. Now he can understand what he's saying. Yeah. I'm going to throw, I think that's I'm exactly throw in one more wrench Uh-oh. on that one. Wrenches. Just because, I mean, I'm going to bring another fandom into this. I don't believe it's a completely new Groot. I believe it's like the Doctor. Like Doctor Who? Yeah, where he's reborn, but it's still the same person with the same memories. Okay. Just in his own one. That's how I see Groot. I can can see that. Maybe. But he's experiencing things for like the first time. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. It's a a reincarnation of Groot rather than a... I can agree with that. I'm better. I like that theory a lot better than him being like sapling, like a like, completely different one, like right. a yeah. tree seed uh-huh. apple of you know, no, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. like all that apple of my eye. Yeah, Groot, Groot eye, Grooty Groot. That teenage Groot ain't no apple of my eye. <laughs> I like the little toddler Groot. <laughs> yes, at the end, precious. Oh, I know. Uh, oh no, vo- in volume two, two. Oh. volume two, toddler Groot. Well, cute. they still call him baby Groot then. Yeah, baby Groot. Yeah. He's fresh. Um, uh, Andre said in this one he's like a, a fetus Groot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the yeah, end. At the end, <laughs> he's a stick fetus in Groot. a pot. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> um, I was trying. I was thinking about this last night. I t- trying to think of who my favorite guardian is. So we've talked about four of them. We have Gamora, <laughs> Star Lord, Groot, and Rocket. Mm-hmm. But another another person comes in. Drax, and he is by far my favorite. The guardian. Destroyer. Drax is your favorite. Drax, the Destroyer. Is such an idiot, and I just <laughs> I love him. He is by far my favorite guardian. Well, it's funny because yes, to our um, to our humor and to our very we have a very weird culture. We're very where sarcastic. Everything is sarcastic. Yep. Everything is a metaphor. Mm-hmm. You know, we have just a lot of idioms and things. So it's funny because he's really not stupid well, or he dumb. Comes, they were saying his race like. L- Takes everything literally. Right. Well, and that's why it's yeah. funny because he's not really stupid. He just does not get any of no, the he any of the any references. analogies or metaphors. It's or so the be- oh, one of the best things he does in this movie is when they're trying to convince him not to kill Gamora, right? And and Star Lord goes like this with his finger to his throat, like that means kill you, right? So at the end of the movie, he yeah, I wrote that down too, and he's like. Finger to the throat means death. <laughs> and then he goes. <laughs> he ripped out a dude's brain. And then he goes, metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I love 
him. I just, uh, I cannot get enough of Drax. I love Drax. And in the subsequent movies, too, he's still so funny. Well, and it's funny that you say that because he, I thought it was the perfect amount of silliness in this movie, but I was very afraid for subsequent movies with Drax oh, because so I told Luis, I said, you know, they could very easily overdo it with him right. because they it's so, though. it's such a fine line, but they did a very good job keeping up his character. Yeah. Um, just enough. Just enough, you know. Why Every- would I put my finger to my throat? <laughs> I, just, I just love it. Luis's favorite of Drax is you want you want to talk about the metaphors? Oh. <laughs> I'm rocking as explaining. Uh, they're in the, the species. They are in the um the little um cubicle that controls everything in the uh in the prison. They're the trying prison. to escape. And then uh they're talking about like metaphors and everything. And then I think it's a Star Lord. He's like, "Yeah, metaphors just go over his head." It's like they do not. My reflexes are so fast. I catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes Nothing over my goes head. Over my head. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Drax too. I think I think he might be. He has no filter. He might be one of my he favorites. He has no filter. It's it's an amazing performance by Dave Bautista, and yeah. I think this might be like one of his first movies or no, something. No, he's been like in that. some stuff. He's been in some I other think, stuff. Okay, just very like. Like minor stuff, straight to DVD. I would say, yeah. But it's just so funny. And <laughs> hold on, he was in one of the 007. I think Dude, that was. I was after. That was after. after this. Yeah. But yes, oh. he was the bad guy oh, in yeah. 007 yeah. and literally said zero lines because right. we were waiting yeah. for him to talk no and lines. he said zero lines. No lines. But he was the number one bad guy. It was almost the same in I think the new Blade Runner. He was. He was like he had a very small part in that yeah. too. But he was but just a muscle. It's fun yeah. though because he was in the WWE yes. and he wrestler. Oh, so he's another rock. Yeah, yes. that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like all these wrestling dudes, they come and they be in movies, and they're like amazing. Like John Cena too is a super hilarious mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's well, it's, it's very fun to watch before, them like evolve. to be a wrestler. You are an actor already. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, because they are characters. Mm-hmm. So this is easy for them. It's the same thing. Well, well and mean, wrestling's real. Oh, I, yeah. I know, but they <laughs> they take on a persona of a character. It's so funny though because I feel like this is almost reverse acting. Like it must. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like how hard would it be to play Drax? Because you have to like almost be devoid of emotion, right? Like you can't like show the hilarity. You can't show of, emotion. You can't laugh. He's just so. You have to be stoic. Yeah, I don't. I don't hard, know. It's just fantastic. But also ridiculous. I even love. <laughs> it's so annoying when Rocket and Drax get drunk and <laughs> And they're just yelling at each other. <laughs> they're just yelling at each other because he called him a rodent and he's like, You are a rodent because <laughs> he is a rodent, right? We used to we used to eat these critters over an open spit or something. <laughs> but anyways, he goes and he he's drunk. So he has a, another dude message Ronan the Accuser to come. And oh, yeah. when he comes with the ship, he's just like, I will kill you. I'm yeah. like, you're such an idiot. But I love him. He's my favorite guardian of the galaxy. I don't know who your guys' is, but he's my favorite. Who's your favorite, Andre? Um, yeah, I think Drax is my favorite. Really? Well, well... I- it's very close tie between Drax and Rocket. I think I love yeah. I think I love Rocket maybe a little bit more. Because Rocket is not only like wickedly smart. Yes. The yeah. dude knows what he's doing in almost any situation. Ain't nothing like me. Ain't Sub nothing me. like me, sub me. <laughs> but he's also like a very skilled uh weapons. 
Yeah, master. master. Yeah. Give him any weapon and he'll be like. He's oh, give him anything and he'll make it into a weapon. He's a weapons master. He's making like full on bombs, bombs. on the spaceship. Yeah, well, even when Drax throws him the gun in the prison, he's like, "Here, small rodent," oh, and he's like, "Oh yeah." It's ridiculous. A very good performance by Bradley Cooper. I said I still can't hear it. I can. I don't hear it either. Hear it. Sounds nothing like Bradley Cooper. I don't think so. I can see it. He's my a favorite. Bit, a bit, yeah. but then it's like, no, then it goes away. Right. Did you so say he's your favorite? He's my favorite as Which well. Which is so ironic because we were like, no, no animals. Exactly. Right? And he ended up being he's my favorite. And I walked out, out of oh the. Oh my gosh, you two. I walked out of the Give theater movies being a chance. like. Well, it was the same thing. I didn't want to see Ant-Man because there was ants. Like I just, it doesn't appeal to me. So good. But it's. I still haven't seen it. If it was unicorn, she like would be it. all about it. Oh, or like if it was mermaids, seahorses. Sure. Oh, love affairs a chance. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. Rodents and insects. I don't know. I just really appreciate the fact that he has so many comedic moments in this movie. And it's not even that he is the comedy. It's that he creates the comedy. Right. Like the leg. Right. Oh so my he's God. stop. He's trying. I can't stop. Stop. He's trying to explain how to get out of the prison. Right. So he's like, I need that battery. The, the arm. He needs an arm. The the all control of, unit and an arm. Yeah. All of the what do you call those? The guards yeah. have a control unit on their arm. He's like, I need an arm unit. I need a Cornex battery, and I need that, that guy's, guy's leg. leg. <laughs> and he's just like explaining the whole thing, the whole and so Groot goes and gets the battery and that really should have been the last thing. So everyone just like jumps into hyper mode. They're all getting their stuff and they get to the end where they're putting all the pieces together and Quill's like, I got the leg. And he's like, I didn't really need the leg. <laughs> I just <laughs> thought it would be funny. I just thought it would be funny. What did he look like? Hopping around? Like, <laughs> it's like I paid 30,000 units for that leg. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just so funny because he creates these moments where you're like, you did not. And later on in the film, he's like, I need that guy's eye. And he's like, and he, he doesn't gets need it. <laughs> because he puts it in Thor in the Infinity War. He doesn't, he doesn't need that eye. <laughs> well, he kept that eye his fascination, His fascination with prosthetics is, is very funny. He just, yeah, he just likes things. <laughs> just I don't know. Praying on these poor uh, disabled people. But I wonder <laughs> if it's because he was genetically modified because his poor little back when I he's know. like yeah. changing it's like oh man you were ripped apart and put back together. He looks pretty messed up. Poor little raccoonie coonie. Yeah. Who's your favorite Lou? Uh, definitely Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> I not even lie. He's been my favorite since I saw the previews. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I want to see this movie because yeah. of him. Because of Rocket. You know what's funny though because even though he's my favorite guardian he's not my favorite character in the movie. Who's your favorite character? The big purple that I wrote on my... Yondu is the best. It literally is Yondu is the best. Yondu is great. He is hilarious. So Yondu is the ravager that picked up Peter Quill from Earth. He was supposed to transport him to his daddy, and he didn't. Um, He kept him on board. And um, he said he kept him because he could spit into, fit into small places <laughs> which, to steal things, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, and pretty much, he literally hangs over Quill's head every time that he like rescues him or get, ends up back with him. He's like, "Boy, when I saved you from Terran, my boys wanted to eat you. They ain't never, they ain't never had no Terran, Terran before." before. <laughs> and, then, and Quill's literally like, "Shut up! <laughs> it's not normal to that. eat a person." Yes. Like. You keep saying that. I, I bet he probably thinks it's a lie at that point because he literally keeps bringing it up. <laughs> My boys wanted to eat you. <laughs> and they I never saved had them. Terran before. <laughs> My favorite thing about Yondu is 
20. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so stupid. But when they're in the, sh- the shop yes. where they're selling the stuff, right? And there's like a little frog. Trinkets. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, this will look great on my control console. And the dude's like, I can't tell if you're being serious or not. And his little lackey's like, oh, he's being serious. <laughs> and then oh, they flash to his ship his and he has tchotchkes. like all the little trinkets lined up on his control <laughs> unit. So the best thing I, I I love this interpretation of Yandu because Yandu is not like this in the comics like at all. He's a uh, he, he Yandu in the comics was an original member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, it's like oh. uh, in they they touch upon it in in Guardians Volume Two, but like it's like him and that other Ravager played by Sylvester Stallone, which is too much, and, yes. a, and a couple of other guys. And Yandu on that team, his he has the you know, the, the big fin on his head, and he's like a straight up archer. He, mm-hmm. he has he wields a bow and arrow, ah. and he's. Like a like a straight man, he's not not a fast talking Southern dude who lives in space. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about. But the cool thing about him though is that in in the comics, at least based on what I read, he so he's an archer, but he's able to use the whistle to then move the yes. bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, not the bow, the, the arrow. arrow, which is the coolest thing ever. That's why I like him because Louise and I have had coolest. so many conversations about like if we were in a zombie apocalypse or if something crazy happened, which. Like, which character in the MCU like would you want to be? Which power would you want? You know, and I always go back and forth between Vision and Yondu because mm. this, like, whistle-blowing arrow power is so cool because it's so fast. It's fast and it's extremely Convenient. precise. It's just the coolest thing I've ever seen. And he and it's, and it's the scene, fancy. The it's scene scary. where he crashes on the ground and he just has to kill all those people. He even takes down a helicopter. Yeah. He kills whistling. like 50 Sakarans in like 20 seconds. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he kills all of them before the first one hits the ground. Yes. Or yes. at least kills all of them by the... I, I'm pretty sure maybe split second one hits the ground and then a split second later... The they all, they're they all, all like fall. falling at the same time. Yeah. It's just fantastic. So you don't know. It it's awesome. And that, and that scene is shot really well like you you like follow the arrow as it passes through all these people and he's whistling the whole time well and that's one of the things that i wrote down about this movie in general is that there's really a great use of slow motion in their action scenes yeah is because there's quite a few where like they're running and then it slows down and you kind of like see it and it's almost like a montage of like what it would have looked like in the comic book yeah um but i like that because they they use it really well and it's not overdone i like that they get their superhero uh family pose Oh, what? Like when, <laughs> when all fun. of them are together and they like the music goes doom and they're just yeah. like, like mm. guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> oh, and they're slow motion walking. Here to save yes. the day. In their Ravager outfits. <laughs> I like that they're yeah, kind of like always matching. By, yeah. By the yeah my favorite movie. thing about Drax is that he never wears a shirt. Like, <laughs> just put on a shirt. You got no armor, dude. He's got tattoos he's trying to show off. Excuse uh. you. Isn't in the comic book his skin supposed to be like some kind of... Uh, armoroid or something like that it makes him incredibly tough too I, I think it's like um after his wife and daughter are killed yeah. he like he, he like yeah covers himself in this in this stuff that that gives him powers because i believe in the comics he's actually like a human like oh. he's, he's not hmm. he's not an alien species no oh. i love a drax the destroyer are we talking destroyer. about like the uh you know newer comic books that came out with this uh um of the no i think i think we're talking about, we're talking about originally original. yeah oh, okay. yeah i'm not sure if that has changed since then well this we, one here is our booty uh, <laughs> i mean guys we can all agree this movie is a very uh, funny movie. Yeah. So with that said, you know, I'd like to bring in this week's battle. Dun 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 space battle. <laughs> now here's the deal. This we've already talked about a lot of the main characters' funny moments. Mm-hmm. So I really want you to take a moment and think about this. 
the entire movie is funny. That includes sub-characters. Yes. So out of all the sub-characters, funny little one-liners or little you know tidbit in the movie, which was your favorite and most funny from the sub-characters? <laughs> I have mine. <laughs> I, I think I have mine, too. In the prison, when Drax is confronting Gamora for the first time... <laughs> Yes, he, I know what you're talking about. He takes like a shiv knife away from one of the prisoners <laughs> and he's like, this is my knife now. And the prisoner's like, that was my favorite knife. <laughs> 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 it was <so> funny. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, good. that's it for okay. me. That's that was my favorite knife. It's <laughs> the way he says it. And his so face good. is so distraught. <laughs> he has like freaking like razor sharp teeth and he's upset about yeah. his knife. <laughs> Michelle, what do you got? Does it have to be a side character? It or has to be a side character. So it can't no. be Gamora? No. Because no. I love when she says, who puts the sticks up there? No. <laughs> it can't be Gamora. It has to be a side character. Okay, I got to think. I got to think. Okay, we'll come back to you. Ems? Okay. Mine is when they end up on the Ravager ship after they've been exploded in space and Yondu's quote-unquote saving them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's telling <laughs> He's telling the crew that he's going to make an example out of Quill, right? Because Yondu knows that everyone thinks he's soft on Quill. Right. And he's like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And then the little his little lackey guy is like, Captain's got to teach stuff. <laughs> he That's- just repeats what he says all the time. Oh, that guy, that actor, is Sean Gunn, the director's brother. Yes. Um, so he plays that guy. But also, during the filming of the entire movie... Rocket is a CGI character, so in place of Rocket, he plays Rocket. So he like makes all of his movements and stuff like that. Uh, Do- I just think doing that's, double duty. It's just too funny because he is so like he just agrees with Yondu all the time, and he's just like, "Yeah, Captain's got teach stuff." This is so bad for me, guys. It's kind of a tie. It's kind of a tie between that one and a couple of seconds before Andre's. Okay, for so, the knife guy? Yeah, yeah, with the knife guy. Knife guy again. <laughs> so, cat and teaching stuff is one of mine. <laughs> but I also like um, leading up to Drax taking that knife. Um, Quill is talking about when Ronan comes back, then you cut off his... Uh, yeah, and then he's like, he pretty much puts his finger to his neck. <laughs> and but that's then, a main character. No, 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 no not, not that. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> she said then, back up. And then when um, Drax doesn't understand it, mm-hmm. Quill looks at Knife Guy and is like, you've heard about this. And then Knife Guy's like, yeah. moving his head like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and Drax, then Drax looks, looks at, him. at him. He's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that little tidbit of him like, like agreeing with he's him. He's just like, playing yeah, to everybody. But he's just like, no, don't beat me up. I don't know. I thought that was And it, it's, it's extra funny because earlier in the movie when – you see Gamora go into her cell, and all the dudes outside are like uh, uh, fr- confronting her. He's right there, and he Doing makes that knife, knife yes. <laughs> finger on his neck knife movement. And so he definitely knows what it he is. Definitely knows what it is, but he doesn't <laughs> want to get his butt beat by his dress. Like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> that favorite. little moment right there, I think, is funny too. It's that so is funny. Funny for me and Cadden's teeth. So. <laughs> I think, I think the um, the favorite knife one is my favorite, but my my honorable mention is. At the after credit scene, when Howard the Duck is randomly there, oh, yeah. and and Cosmo the dog is licking the collector, <laughs> and Howard the Duck is like, "Why do you let him lick you like that? It's gross." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny too, because oh, I let my dog by. do that. Oh stuff. well, Howard we didn't even duck. okay. Okay, are we gonna talk about him? I have an honorable me- mention. Okay. The collector, yes, uh, pretty much everything he does uh, is funny, but when he. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's him and Rocket, honestly. But when he says the Infinity Stone, and he's like, "Ooh!" He like brings <laughs> his hands into his chest, and then and then Rocket repeats it, and he's like, "Ooh, this is so exciting!" But where's the money? Like, just, he, he's like having a freaking cow over the fact that he has this orb in the yeah. Infinity Stone, and it's just all of his mannerisms are hilarious. So uh, I, yeah, the I love the collector. Is he's my he's my honorable mention the for funny. Really hmm. He's such a freak, though. He is creepy. You know what I wonder? Um, Collector knows about the Infinity Stones. Yes. And if we look at another movie, which hopefully we don't see so I don't spoil it, uh, he is the brethren of uh, the... What's his name? He's the, um, uh, the original one from oh uh, Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? His brother. Yes, his brother. It's the Collector and the... Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. I was going to call him the Game Master, so I'm glad you said that. The Grandmaster's supposed to be hecka old. Yes. Because he was the first being on that, you know, dump. So I wonder. (laughs) First being on that dump. dump. Is there a possibility that these two might have been the next beings after. You know, like the, the explosions. Yes, kind of. I, I, I think. I think, I think, that I think that's true. They're they're some of the oldest beings in the universe. Him, the collector, the grandmaster, and then there's another character. Tanelli Tavon. <laughs> there's another character in the comics okay. called the. Um, oh man, I just forgot what it was called. The hyper no the the. Uh, I forgot. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Which anyway, makes it kind of sad because you know, Cosmo, in another Cosmo movie, uh, one of them is gone. Right. Yes. You know, which is like, dang. Now that now you can't. I don't know. I just thought it was about more cool to that team up between all of them. Well, we're not even talking about like how much of a freak he is. He literally he is trying is to so buy Groot. He's trying to buy Groot's carcass his body. at the moment of his death. And Luis is so In right. Such a salesman way. Like, <laughs> Groot doesn't even care. You he's that. like, hmm. he's not, not telling now, you the course. fine print. You yeah. know? Luis was like, you <laughs> know, he's, he's like, I'm gonna agree to that, and then he's gonna kill you in two seconds and yeah. be like, yeah. your body's mine. Yeah. 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 We agreed upon it. I'll take that new corpse for me. New corpse. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Are we Easter egging? Uh, yeah, we can do that. I, I just wanted to mention, though, that that the Collector, this isn't the first Infinity Stone that he's gotten. Truth. Uh, at movie. Right. Well, at this point, he at already this has point, one. He already has one at the end at the ending credits scene of Thor The Dark World. Boop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which S- nobody waited to watch. Sif <laughs> and Volstag give him the reality stone to hold on to. I'm not sure why. I feel like that was a bad move. Well, it the was, Collector doesn't really want to use them. He just wants to collect them. True. Well, at least that's what he what people think, which is which is what's important. Right. So they think that that's going to be a safe place because it's a bunch of like relics, almost like a museum. He treasures his his collections. Yeah. Um, So. So, yeah. So that's interesting. He's he's building up his collection in in this movie. So now he has two. Yes. For a hot, hot second, yeah. yes, too. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he has old body shakes and his nasty white hair. Yeah. So funny. Emily, you can go on to those Easter eggs. Oh, my gosh. There's so many dolls. Lots of Easter eggs. Um, well, there's a lot of Easter eggs from Earth. Right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Because yeah. he, so he was living in the late 80s. It was 1988, Kansas, right? and he gets beamed up into space. So for him... Pretty much all of his experiences were like what he was watching at the time when he yeah. left. And those are all the things he's referencing in the movie that everyone is like, I have hey, no idea things. what you're talking yeah. about. Right. Um, well, apparently, uh, Peter Quill's character, which once we say this, you're like, duh, was very heavily influenced by Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Right. Duh. Um, <laughs> he mentions the Ark of the Covenant. Retrieving the orb is very similar to like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like yeah. when he um, swaps out. Swaps the- out 
the thing for the, the thing for the thing. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, he also does reference to John Stamos, Kevin Bank, uh, Bacon, Bacon. Uh, <laughs> Rage- like Kevin Bacon. Exactly, Ranger Rick, Footloose, Ninja Turtles. There's yeah. like a troll floating around. <laughs> Ninja Turtles away from me. His right? troll. Um, he calls he calls Groot the Giving Tree. Um, <laughs> I just it's just so funny. Yeah. Um, the Milano his his ship mm-hmm. is apparently named after Peter's childhood crush, Alyssa, Alyssa Milano. Milano. That's oh. Oh my gosh! I think I was hilarious. only ever thinking of like the cookies, but it makes a lot more sense that it's Alyssa Milano. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love that's hilarious. that you thought about the whitest cookies on the planet. Hey, the Milano's is good. Freaking Pepperidge Farm Milano <laughs> cookies. Those cookies are good. They're <laughs> good. But no, Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Um, this one's really interesting. Um, Barit, um, was apparently a Krylorian. In like the comic book universe, mm-hmm. comic book, comic book <laughs> universe, who um, had lots of dealings with the Hulk. So oh. Barit, who was on his ship, was actually like supposed to be like a callback to um, her own mm. dealings in intergalactic affairs. affairs. I, I like when she shows up because she hops out of that thing and. Peter has forgotten that she was there and forgot her name, but she's wearing his shirt that he got abducted in. Exactly. <laughs> like his camp counselor, sh- not yes. even counselor, like his camp, his camp summer camp shirt. shirt. <laughs> um, it's hilarious. Um, this one's interesting. So Bradley Cooper, as we know, played Rocket, mm-hmm. and there was a nod to the Hangover movie um, because he calls Quill's satchel a purse. Oh, and that's his right. <laughs> his character does something very similar as Phil to Alan. You know, yes, Zaf- Zaf- Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis. <laughs> yeah. So that's supposed to be a nod to the Hangover. Yeah. Um, we already talked about how Yondu was an original guardian, mm-hmm. so that's really interesting that he's now like a sub guardian right. kind of, yes. um, like daddy guardian. Yes, which we end up <laughs> seeing more guardian. of him in the other movies, being uh, d- Disney dad, Disney daddy, real Disney dad. <laughs> um, Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> What am I saying? Mm. Oh, we see Cosmo, the Russian dog in the collector's room. Cosmo, the Cosmo dog. <laughs> Andre Co- always does that whenever we go on the ride and pass Cosmo the dog in, I in love the collector's Oh, Cosmo, the Cosmo not dog. He's a dog sent into space by Ruskies, mm-hmm. and he makes it deep into space. Exactly. Deep into space. So he apparently in the comic book universe was like the Guardian's like, like pet pet but also kind of commander yeah, like because he can he, at, at because he was sent into space and went so deep into space he like collected like space energy or cosmic <laughs> energy and he was able to talk and stuff like that so he he became like a, a full-fledged he's like character. a like a helpful dog yeah um helpful good dog. boy <laughs> other cool things that are in the collector's room is a cocoon for adam warlock yes which is really interesting because we then get a very big sneak peek not a big spe- sneak peek but you get like a um, nod to him again at the end of Guardians 2. So right. it's like, well, I'm pretty sure he's coming. Yeah. He's coming. Um, also, he has a Chitari carcass there, mm-hmm. a Dark Elf, mm-hmm. and Slugs from James Gunn apparently did um, Slither. Uh, oh, one of his other movies right. was Slither. And so there's Slugs from that, from movie, that movie like up in the oh, that's cool. on one of the... Cages. Cages, thank you. I would actually like thoroughly enjoy walking through the collector's fortress. Like, I oh, for real? All of those things. Well, wouldn't that be like a cool, like, walkthrough type thing? Well, yeah. and, I mean, it kind of is. And that's on the what ride, it's but... like on the ride at Disney, at California Adventure. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I want more. more I, want, I know. Like, I want to <laughs> see all the cool stuff. Exactly. Or it's like if you watch from that into like o- um, Odin's, like, his, uh, Tre- treasure room, room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. wouldn't that be cool I'm yeah. just saying a um, couple more like you talked about we saw Howard the Duck okay so um, listen Howard the Duck 
seems the most ridiculous. And then apparently there was a Howard the Duck movie in the 80s. Produced by George Lucas. And he made me watch the trailer for it, and I wanted to throw up. It was so stupid. Yeah, That, That movie's really bad. But it's so silly. It's a lot of it's a lot of silliness. Yeah, I saw on. some. I refused to watch I it. I saw some footage and was and said nay. That's a crack in the vault movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's not even worthy. <laughs> it's really not though. Um, and then the last one is apparently Karina, the one who was um, like scrubbing, scrubbing the, pink, the, the pink oh, girl. Right. yeah. She apparently was originally Tavon's daughter oh. in the in the comic books, not <laughs> her his slave. <laughs> so she was more helpful as like a curator of his collection oh, okay. than a poor little slave girl. Yeah. Who, who blows up the entire place with? Yeah, I know. She actually stone. like got that stone yeah. back for them. You know what? And you know, get your freedom, girl. But uh, there was better ways to get out of. Yeah, also situation. blew yourself up yeah. real hardcore. So. <laughs> he was like, "I will no longer be your slave." Yep. Well, Poof. Yeah. Good boom. Boom. <laughs> boom. 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 Um, Glenn Close is in this movie. You guys notice that? What? She's the leader of like the Nova Corps. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting that she but has she looks like ver- this super like minor role. I, I I don't know why, but I think of her as like a bigger actress than than having like ten lines in this Guardians movie. I don't know why. She was very similar. She looked very similar to how she was portrayed in Cinderella, uh, not in Cinderella, in One Hundred One Dalmatians. Right? Yeah. Like because yeah. of the way her hair was done. I'm, I'm not upset about it. You know who I did like the casting of was the dude, the Novacord dude. Yeah. John C. Riley. Yes. <laughs> yes. So funny. Yes, well, because that funny. poor gentleman, I like him a lot, but he can be overdone very quickly sure. for me. Like one too many lines and I'm like, mm. like you just took but it from it funny was, to too much. And him and Star Lord have like a weird relationship, but it's kind of good. Well, I like that's that funny. he's the cooler character than Star Lord in like regular right. like situations. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, oh, it's so funny. He's got a code name. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a code name. It's an outlaw name. What do you call like, him? Star yeah. Prince. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> He's literally just like whatever, dude. I know. It's fine. Yeah. I may be as pretty as an angel, but I sure as hell ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I just can't. I got my dick message. Uh, <laughs> 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 super um, super funny writing in in this movie. Uh, very. Very impressed by it, by all of it. It's a dance off, bro. I'm distracting <laughs> you, you big turd blossom. <laughs> I just can't. And that it's funny because so many of the really funny writing in this movie comes from Quill being like an eight year old boy. Right, yeah. Like never grew up. Who calls someone a big turd blossom? <laughs> like that is not an adult Star way Star Lord to does <laughs> to yeah. insult somebody. Like right. Star come Lord on. definitely does. Even him, oh my gosh, my favorite thing about Gamora is when they're, I don't know, they're they are outside, I forget where they are, but they're like on a balcony. It's right before they go to the, meet the collector. Yes, yes, yes. So he's like, puts his headphones on her and shows her the music and she kind of likes it, right? And he like goes in to kiss her and she's like, foom, 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 I will not be something tricked by your pelvic sorcery. <laughs> he's like, that's definitely not what's happening. Right <laughs> I love her. She's, pelvic she's sorcery. So funny. I made a, I made a, um, I can't even use words anymore. Okay. It's been a long day, guys. Um, I made an, I had an epiphany when I was watching this movie. You ready? Okay. About sacrifice for okay. friendship and guardianism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Groot sacrificed himself to save the guardians. Sure. Mm-hmm. Quill sacrificed himself to save Gamora mm-hmm. when he gets blasted out of the thing. Right. right. Which is a cool scene. Very cool scene. Gamora sacrificed her loyalty to save the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Rocket and Drax 
sacrifice Peter and Gamora to save Peter and Gamora. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Such a good observation, right? Man. So that's one of my. Fa- that is a very underrated scene in this movie, but pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Peter and Gamora get beamed up by the Ravagers, right? Mm-hmm. And that was really the only way they were getting saved out of that situation. Right. Because trapped out in the middle of space. Yeah, they're literally in deep space and Gamora's dying. So Star-Lord takes his helmet off, which allows him to breathe, and he puts it on her. And we found out later that really the only reason he lasted so long out there was because he's half God. celestial thing. Right, yes. Right? So they're both out there. He calls to Yondu and says, like, come out here and get me. And Yondu picks him up with the Ravagers and... <laughs> Rocket and, and Drax. Rocket and Drax are like, you know what? This is how we're going to save them. He, like, PAs over to them and is like, listen, listen here, idiots. You got five seconds or my friend here is going to blow up your ship. Five, <laughs> four, three. Like, like as they, a, were, they were fully prepared to blow up that entire ship. Literally gave them five ship. seconds to totally... Hand them over. Like, how are they going to get outside in five seconds? No, it's completely, no it's completely ridiculous, and I and I totally love it. So, <laughs> Rocket and Drax sacrificed Peter and Gamora to save Peter and Gamora. It's, I think that was amazing. really that was really good stuff. I think that like the the bond that the Guardians form with each other in this film is one of like the strongest aspects about it. They fight for like more than half of the movie. Oh, right? for sure. They, so their bond is still stronger than the Avengers to me. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. They, they become such a good team so fast because they're all the same kind of jerks. Yep. And, and they, they meld. They got nothing to lose. They so meld like, really yeah. well together even though they fight all the time. And it really, it really makes them uh, a family. Oh, yeah. It's more like brothers and sisters than it is like the Avengers because the problem with the Avengers is that each person, like even regardless of if they have an ego or not, at the root of it, they believe that what they're doing is what's best. Right. Like they think that their way of doing whatever is the only way that's going to save everyone. Yeah. But the Guardians are like... Nah, we need each other. We're a bunch of losers. Yeah, they and, are. And they're the okay. Thing. And they're yeah. okay with that. Exactly. Um, and I think that's what makes them really good is that they realize like we have strengths and we have weaknesses. Right. So let's work with. On them. our own, we're all losers, but together <laughs> we're the guardians of the galaxy. We're still losers, yeah. like people who have lost stuff. <laughs> It's the 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 low key worst speech I've ever heard. That's also the best speech. Kind of the best speech. <laughs> exactly. Rocket. Now oh. we're all standing up in a circle like <laughs> a happy? bunch of idiots. <laughs> yeah, happy. Well, and that's funny too. Is this was something I, I realized when we were watching it. So <laughs> Peter's trying to convince them all that he has a plan, right, to yes. stop um, Ronan and mm-hmm. the Cree warship and everything. And he's like, "How much of a percent of a plan do you have?" And he's like, "What? What? Like?" He's like, "Who asks a question like that?" And he's like, "All right." 12% of, a plan. 12% of a plan. <laughs> and they're like, that is not a plan, right? And then everyone's like, no, no, it's really not a plan, though. But it was funny because do you remember? In the like, Avengers? In the Avengers. <laughs> like, Tony Stark was going to give Pepper 12% of the credit. And I was like, we got a 12% like like thing here. Yes. And then FYI, do you remember? Good they did a 12% um, thing in in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Oh, did they? Yeah, so I don't know. They have a 12%... Um, mm, there's a 12% Easter egg going on. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm not even upset about it. Yeah. I think it's Speaking freaking Speaking of hilarious. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so we all know that S.H.I.E.L.D. is... Shieldy things. Shieldy, shieldy things. things. We all know um, the shieldy, shieldy things. Emily and Louisa have been getting Andre and I into S.H.I.E.L.D., and we're on season two, and basically there's this thing, this 
artifact called the obelisk, which Cree, the Cree race, have put on, on Earth, Earth. Mm-hmm. to basically give them inhuman powers. This sure. is how inhumans are created, right? Mm-hmm. So the shape of the obelisk is um, the shape of the Ronin, the accuser's ship. And I was like freaking out about it. Cause I was like, Oh, cause they do such a good job of like tying in the Marvel movies Mm -hmm. into like this shield show. So if you guys listeners, if you haven't watched shield agents of shield, you got to hop on that train. It's a, it's a very good detail that they, that they carry over. It was like very subtle, but I noticed it instantly where I was like, Oh my gosh, the shape of his ship is like an obelisk. And uh, I was freaking out. Right. They pay attention to all the design language that they've established in the films for that show. And it's, and it's, it's good. Something that Marvel does very brilliantly. Yeah. They're really good at keeping all their stuff together. Yeah. Well, and I think that's because they decided, like, this is going to be a universe that we can't lose integrity with. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Because no, when you go into a, with it. if you go into a project with that mindset, then every person will have that, like, intention. Right. But if it's not that intention, everyone's just like, oh, we're just doing what we want. Yeah. Then, it, then it doesn't hold the same kind of, yeah. like, importance, I guess, to people. It is really nice that they, they can mix all the, or add all of these different elements and keep them working together in the same world like the guardians live out in space which is also where asgard is mm-hmm. so the grandmaster and the collector interface with like thor and the the guardians yeah and, it's and all so, part of the same thing and i mean really if you think about it they could be one world away they just don't know it right. like nowhere could be very close to that trash planet that the grandmaster's on <laughs> trash you know what i mean they could be like having dinner dates via skype and yeah. we don't know it right. like, you know what i mean just talking all the time like it's great. you want to know something i found when i was reading out this is really funny so apparently when all the guardians go to the kiln which is the the prison the prison after they get picked up by the nova corps <laughs> they're 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 put into yellow like jumpsuits and the stripes on each of the prisoners legs correspond with the crime they've committed or the crimes that they've committed um, and the pattern apparently explains the severity of each so if you look at their pants it's hilarious because peter has like little tiny ones right mm-hmm. like little like petty theft type like things uh-huh. yeah. and then gamora's is like her entire leg and so is rocket <laughs> like the two of you have been in a lot right. of trouble rocket gets one every time he escapes from a prison <laughs> <laughs> right I thought that was super what do you funny. say he's escaped from 22 prisons. 22 prisons yeah. he's like Impressive. oh yeah we're getting out we're getting out, we're getting out. <laughs> um we talked about our last marvel movie we talked about was black panther mm-hmm. and i talked about how great that soundtrack was but i don't know guardians of the galaxy you've got a soundtrack that i can listen to on repeat all day every day well yes because with them 80s songs they're just 80s songs they're old songs but it works so perfectly like i didn't think it could work in a movie like that but it does they incorporate all the songs directly into the movie unlike unlike black panther which does that a little bit but nowhere near as as much as as this movie and it's it's done really well it yes. makes the movie to like me. every song fits perfectly. Like in that opening scene when it's it just starts up and the music starts playing and you see that Peter's sad and then the, the grandpa takes off his headphones and it's yeah. it, it all it all works it all works really well. Well, and this is one of the only movie soundtracks that Luis and I have bought like outside of the movie mm-hmm. and we probably listened to it twenty five times. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to yeah. it in the car ride it's, a few it's times. It's fantastic. Um and the best part about it is, is that, like you said, it's not, it really is the only music 
in the movie except for the Guardian's score. Right. Like the score's their, good too. the Guardian song, yeah. right? And then everything else is this music, which is kind of cool that they were able to curate good music. And I'm sure that that was like a really fun job to be like, yeah. what? Like, and they're all funky mm-hmm. 80s songs. They're not yeah. like the really good ones. Cherry bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, child. Hey, that's a great song. Easier. I love that song. Ooh, child. Things, things will get, get better. better. Just the way Peter Break Quill. down someday. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. I can't. And one of the things I love the most, like, I mean, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, but Disney Parks has done an amazing job of incorporating that humor into Hollywood land right now. The ride is so accurate to the movies. It's brilliant. It's funny. Well, have the show. Yeah. Have you seen? You did see the show with us. Yes. The Guardians of the Galaxy dance off. Oh, it's too funny. Gamora and Peter Quill came right next to us, and they gave Addy a high five, and then gave us high fives. And Gamora wouldn't touch us, though. Yeah, she and Gamora, like, Gamora like gave Addy like a little like touch like on her hand, and then looked at me and was like, Ugh. and I was like, <laughs> I just love you. You're just so you guys cool. didn't see Groot though, huh? No, but uh-uh. it, it's so oh, it's so brilliant. They've yeah, done they they've done job. a great job with that. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to see more of that. I need more. I need more. Yeah. It's and they're fantastic in subsequent movies Epcot as well. At right now, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy show, but it's it's called Awesome Dance Off, and it's basically <laughs> of it is. it's basically Peter Quill comes back to Earth and he's like, "Listen, we're gonna start a band. Like, we're gonna do this dance off thing." And it's like the Pink Ladies, and then there's like other people, and they're like singing all of the '80s songs. It's like a mm-hmm. dance off, and he's like teaching them all the dance moves. I watched like the YouTube video of it. And it was so that's good. hilarious. It was so good. I needed it in my life. <laughs> oh my. She needs it in the life. Boogly, boogly, boogly. Boogly, 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 boogly. No boogalies. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, the, the the comedy in this movie is is fantastic. And and I think it... It is a comedy to it, me. it really sets the stage for future Marvel movies to be a little bit more fun and funny and more comedic. Like after Well, that's where Thor Ragnarok exactly. like, oh, was so born good. from. After this, between... Thor Ragnarok and Ant-Man and Guardians 2, like, it, they they really ramp up the humor. And even Avengers Infinity War, which is hilarious. They, yeah, they there were some ramp very up, funny parts. They ramp up the humor, and I think it's all due to, to this movie. Like, the Avengers is funny, but it wasn't Guardians funny. Well, no, that was much more quippy one-liners, and right. it was more like making fun of other characters than it was just about being funny. Yeah, exactly. If I want to watch, like, a good time Marvel movie, like, I want to watch a Marvel movie, but I don't need it to be that serious, I'll, like, pop on Guardians and yeah. be like, all right, let's go. And this is the one I probably watched the most, and I still have a good time every single right. time. I hadn't watched it in a while, so it was like so, so, so pleasant to watch it again. It was fun and refreshing. Did it make a lot of money? This movie made fair amounts of money. I feel monies. like I don't even know why I asked Marvel, <laughs> because they all yeah, most money. of them make like, a I lot. bet you even Thor the Dark World made money. Like, uh, no, I, don't, don't, no, I, I think no. it did too, but, no. but yeah. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie had a budget of $170 million. Um, lower than some other Marvel movies, but still pretty only high, by thirty high, high budget. million. You know. Yeah, only thirty million dollars less. Um, it grossed three hundred and thirty-three million dollars in the U.S. and then had a worldwide cumulative gross of seven hundred and seventy-three million dollars. It probably okay. could have made a ton more, but I bet there was tons of people like me out here that were like, <laughs> "No raccoons, no raccoons." <laughs> like I'm not. This sounds so weird, but for some reason, it's hard for me to take animal characters that can talk seriously in movies. And well, I was in like, live action movies. Yeah, and like a live action talking animal, like, 
just well, that's how I feel about Pooh Bear in the new oh, Winnie the Pooh movie. Like, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not going to like it. It's just I don't know how I feel about it until right. I'm I, in it. I've said that, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. So we'll yeah. see. But Rocket, they make him so realistic yeah. that to me, he's not a raccoon. No, he's, he's a humanoid human. type yeah. thing. He, yeah, looks, once I saw it, it was fine. But. I don't know if you noticed this, but he looks exactly like our dog, Dougie. He does. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we were watching it and Dougie was looking at rocket like on the tv and then i was like oh dang they look the same like they have that pointy <laughs> mm-hmm. snout nose same they're snout, the same color got the same eyebrows I was like whoa they're related. rocket just has more hair than dougie because you guys keep him short yeah yeah well exactly. dougie could get there if yeah he exactly to. He's, he's been that <laughs> he looked like before. that when we adopted him he was real furry we're dressing dougie up as rocket for halloween <gasps> that'd be so cute <laughs> mini machine gun yeah. mini machine gun either that or chewbacca i think the, that's Chewbacca what our dog would be cute too. That's what our yeah. dog looks like, yeah. guys. Dog's got a, a lot of cosplay options. Uh, <laughs> Just put a little black sash over him with a little silver thing. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Adorable. That's normal, right? Dressing up our dog. Yeah, it's normal. Sure. Totally. What um, was its Rotten Tomato? On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, this movie had a score of ninety-one percent. Boom. Ninety-two percent audience good. score on IMDb it has an eight point one, and on Metascore it has a seventy-six out of a hundred. So, uh, yeah, well, well received. Good, good movie. It's good. It's good. It's in. It's in the top. It's like in the top. Oh gosh, like five Marvel movies for me at this point in time. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's high up there. Eventually, I'm gonna have to like rank, sit down, and actually rank them. It's a hard day. I can't. There's too many now. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so 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 hard. Like I could probably rank. I could go backwards. (laughs) I could rank like the individual ones. Like to me, this is a standalone. Like I could do the standalones probably. Sure. I wouldn't be able to rate all of the Avengers, the Captain movies. America movies. I'd get lost. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10. It's a solid movie. I I really don't have that much bad things to say about it. It's really great. And honestly, the pacing of the movie is very well. It's really not that long for a Marvel movie. I think it clocked under two hours. It's like two it hours wasn't, and one minute. Okay, so it's exactly two hours, which is... On the shorter side for a Marvel movie. And I'm cool with that. Um, I don't yeah. need two and a half hour but movies. But it's pacing and the way it progresses is really good. I'm not bored at all. Like nine out of ten. Right. Louis. I mean, Andre. Whatever your name is over Whatever there. Whatever my name is. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a 9.5. Like, it, it, it's crazy fun. It's, it's a super fun romp. It's a great space opera. Like, it's one of the best space movies I've ever seen, which is nuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and saying that wearing a Star Wars teacher me- a t-shirt right. means a lot. Exactly, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's crazy fun, and all the performances are, are great. It's hilarious, and uh, there's a lot of cool action. Like, that prison scene, when they're, when they're fighting their way out of there, it's, it's, it's very cool. Yes. Yeah, 9.5. I'm going to give it a 9.9. Whoa. This is by far my favorite Marvel movie, and I could literally watch this movie again, t- like right now. Right now? It's it's the best. I like the fact that it, it is. It a no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, because I don't feel Marvel's no in the to that part yet, in my opinion. Hmm. But um, definitely my favorite. I never thought I'd like a movie that had action and comedy. You mm. never thought you'd like an action comedy? Yeah, because I'm kind of like very, I like to separate my <laughs> genres of movies. <laughs> He's right. a separatist. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. Cool beans. 9.5. I'm giving it the same score I gave Black Panther because I think they're both very, very good. And I think that they um, set up. This is one of, this is a indicator for me. If the movie is over and I want more, 
then it's a good movie for right. me yeah. because this and Black Panther, both of them, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to see what comes next. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want the movie itself to be longer, but they set up the characters to be really good in other movies, yes, you know? Exactly. And especially when it comes to the smaller characters, like in this movie, I wanted to see more of Nebula, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then they set it up really well. Like in Black Panther, I wanted to see more Shuri. Like, and she's going to come back and right. we're going to love her. You yes. know what I mean? So I think that that's really cool when a movie does that for me. So nine point. Five zero. Yeah, there's a lot of good world building in this in this movie. Lots of good world building in Marvel in general. Yeah, it's it's True. becoming an issue that I like it so much. They are they like good at what they do. There's all these fandom worlds that I gotta keep up with. It's rough. Well, we only have one more movie to watch, and then we'll be <laughs> done with Marvel for a hot minute on this yeah, podcast. So we'll minute. be good. Right, and but guess we're what? Doing the men, man, man. Movie. Yes, you get to choose what our next Marvel movie is going to be. Our final movie, final Marvel movie for our Marvel month of July. Uh, you get to choose between these three man films. <laughs> we have Iron Man from 2008, Spider-Man from 2017, and Ant-Man from 2016. I think I remember that right. Ish. Please don't pick Iron Man. Don't listen to Michelle. Michelle. You're Why? not allowed to give your two cents. <laughs> I just gave it. What's well, don't do. Uh, we're going to delete that part of the podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> delete that footage. Yeah, we got um, three. We got three mans. <laughs> Addie agreed with me. She's screaming. Uh, what man do you want us to... Talk about. Yes, go to <laughs> you have your man options. Go to our Instagram page and click on the post with the the voting, and you can choose which movie we are going to watch next. Our Instagram page is at the Walt Vault Pod. We are at the Walt Vault Pod on all social media: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Instagram is the one we like the most. So hit us up there. We love talking with you all. Um, if you want to send us a message, you can hit us up on our DMs on one of those platforms, or you can send an email to contact at the Walt Vault Pod. .com. We love it when you do that, especially me. Um, if you want to help support The Walt Vault, uh, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can subscribe on any of the podcast platforms that we're available on. Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, Google Podcasts, iTunes. iTunes is the hot one. We could, we'd love you to go there and leave a review and a rating, um, preferably a favorable one. That would help us out, help us get seen by more um, hungry Disney eyes. Uh, <laughs> you can also help us out by going to Amazon.com um, through the Walt Vault Bo- the Walt Vault Pod.com slash Amazon. I've been talking for a long time. Click the link. Shop as normal. We get a small portion of your purchase at no additional cost to you. It's a win-win for everybody except for Amazon who's given us their money. Um, <laughs> I dig that you one. You can also support us by going to Patreon.com slash the Walt Vault where we have an after show, which you can get for only uh, as little as a dollar a month or more. You can listen to A Crack in the Vault, where we talk about some of the more adult aspects of our Disney movies. I post my notes there that I write while watching these movies. Those are fun. And if you subscribe at the $5 or more level, we'll send you a gift in the mail. It's all good at the Patreon. So help us out. Keep the lights on in the vault. It's dark in here. Uh, We need your help. Guys, that's been it for the Walt Vault for this week um we'll see you next week after you voted on your man movie the vault is now closed